leaders wow. leaders carry a lot of burden at times and and if you're doing leadership right it's not about you yeah uh, you know simon sinek talked leaders eat last there that's actually a thing and it's yeah. real I- all right, guys, welcome back to the Unfollow the Herd podcast. I have an awesome guest with me here today, um, a guy who is actually running a company of $5 billion, helping run all the employees that are over 5,000 of them. I don't know how you would keep track of all that, but he is also, he'd give a run for his money to Nick Sherrick, who's the culture king, because this guy has an awesome email that he sends out every Friday. And if you're not getting it, hit me up. I'd love to share Mr. Shane Zutz with you. Um, thanks so much for coming on, man, taking time from your day. Yeah, no, no problem. It's been hard to connect, but I know you're a, yeah. you're a mover right now. Yeah, we got, there's, it's, uh, you know, I think for everybody, you know, life's busy. And so it's uh, to, to get ahead of your calendar and prioritize not only, uh, you know, work, but that life and, and that quiet time that you need as a leader and, and things like that. And yeah. Yeah. I definitely only help run a, run a large company. You know, there it's, uh, you know, I believe in leadership. It takes a village and, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. You do a great job, Mark. I, lo- <laughs> I love the energy that, that yeah. you're trying to, to put out in the, in the community that, that you impact. And, and yeah. so, you know, I'm happy to be here and visit this morning. Yeah, man. No, I, you know, I, I got some inspiration from your email, of course, on like trying to do my own little email. And it's just like, cause it helps me. No one, not a lot of people reply back to you. I'm guessing, you know, of, I don't know how many on your email, how many on your email list? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I could say right now it's, it's maybe a thousand and I don't really necessarily do it to create more followers. It's just, Hey, if you want something to yeah. check in on leadership once in a while, you know, the funny part is I actually do get a lot of people that reply back to me. Okay. Um, just because, you know, I think there's there's times when people get stuff from someone they know, it can it can hit them with a different impact, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when you when you send something that or you receive something from people you know, it hits them and or they might draw them in. And when you have a bunch of different things that that you pull into something that you share, yeah, it, it gets people in different ways. And you know, I've shared this story before, but. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's when I knew I could never stop doing it. I had a, uh, an individual at DigiKey. She, uh, she was in her vehicle in the morning. She happened to pull it up on her, on her phone before she went into the building. And, you know, whatever the post was that morning, uh, she said it actually put her in tears. She goes, and she sent me a message, and she said, hey, you know, you don't know how bad I needed that message today. And wow. I am, you know, basically said, I'm, I'm going to go in and, and, and I'm going to crush it. I'm ready to go today. But she, you know, leaders, wow. leaders carry a lot of burden at times. And, and if you're doing leadership right, it's not about you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek talked, leaders eat last. They're, that's actually a thing and it's yeah, real. I love and that. So, you know, so sometimes leaders, uh, you know, if they don't prioritize their own health at times and, and stuff and they get run down and, and things happen, you know, you have those moments. So that's why I think there's some connective tissue there. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, the leaders eat last. But then I with your emails. Yeah, you're right, though, like different times hit different people like I'll send the same kind of content out. And it's like, oh, that hit me today because I'm in the middle of that situation right now. So, man, you got to keep doing that. I, I think you need to share that. We need to share that with more people. If you got sure, that's every employee problem. should get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's really helpful because we're all in the grind of business and trying to keep, you know, how it, one of my questions, like just in the beginning here, like, how do you stay in front of 5,000 employees? Like, yeah, I, I struggle staying in front of 50, mm-hmm. you know, I have my own struggles with that. And I want to stay, I want to stay because we went from a really small company and now we're moving up similar, probably the DigiKeys that went through. Yeah. You can't stay a great question. directly yeah. in front of everyone anymore. No, and I, you know, I think the, you know, I think the goals are still the same. You know, whether you have an organization of five fifty or you know five thousand, the goals are the same. You want people that that are engaged and connected and and feel and feel a part of something beyond the work that they're doing. You know, yeah. that's the goal of 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 it should be the goal of every leader. I don't know that it is, so I'm going to challenge people <laughs> on this podcast. So yeah, if that's not your motivation. Uh, you better look in the mirror a little bit because, uh, you know, the X's and O's and the numbers, you, you got to have those or you don't have a company. So they, they're not disconnected. But, um, you know, Mark, what I've learned over time is that there's this idea that I think it's missed by a lot by leaders is the fact that there's got to be this intersection of talent and culture 
in the business strategy. And I think a lot of times people say they do those, but they run them vertically and they're not connected. And the companies that win at the end of the day are the people that can really make those, those connections and companies. So, you know, so for us at DigiKey, it's, it's not easy, you know, um, we have this amazing uh, culture in this Northwest region. Now we're global too, so I, you know, I don't want to dismiss that. But we're a large company, but we actually seem pretty small. We we don't try to get too full of ourselves, even yeah. with a with a lot of success. Uh, but it's hard, and so now we have to focus on on a wider branch of leadership to help do that. And how do they then help? channel mm. and funnel those things that we want to see as a company. Wow. You know, we want to show up very human because uh, you, you get to a big company, no offense, corporate America doesn't get looked at very well at some times, right? right. They're yeah. driven by these quarterly mindsets and, hey, we love you today. We don't like you tomorrow because of the numbers don't match. And, you know, for us being a private company, it's a luxury that that uh, we're very fortunate to have a tremendous owner and tremendous leadership team. We can focus on on what we want to do to continue to build our company and invest and grow how we see fit and not be held to this uh, you know, this quarterly mindset because I think it's pretty limiting and very reactive. Well, yeah, you. I mean, these these companies that IPO or it's all a metric. Mm-hmm. Your your stock dictates by your numbers, and then your corporation, your top guys, I'm sure, just pump the numbers. Your whole goal, right now, yours is to to keep employee turnover low, keep employee satisfaction high. Um, I think culture is just a big piece in these younger generation. The boomers. You could set them and forget them almost. You know what I mean? That that was just the mentality. Yeah. But now it's, we even find it in construction. I mean, you just, you have to like, <laughs> you have to appreciate them. You have to acknowledge them. I get on them on a, the podcast. I have deep conversations that I wouldn't, I just probably wouldn't have happen otherwise. So. Right. You um, know, you manage so many different, uh, you know, some companies can manage up to five generations at one point, you know, at this time, you know, and so <laughs> they have different needs. And to your point on, and, 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 uh, you know, the boomers, it's sometimes you, you, uh, you live to work in, you know, generations Mm -hmm. today, my, you know, my boys in their twenties, they, they work to live. Yeah. That's so good. uh, It's a, it's a different type of mindset. So the responsibility we have in leadership to, to do our best to understand and to surround yourself with people to help you understand if you're not (laughs) is, uh, it's, it's really key for sure. Well, you must have some pretty difficult conversations with that many employees, probably multiple a day, I would think, or, I mean, something's going on at all times, right? Like, how yeah, do you, how yeah. do you address them all? And like, what do you, what do you do to mitigate some of that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think again, for us, it's, it's where are we investing our time and resources? You know, we're, we're a big company and, and our value proposition is we have the widest breadth of product available for immediate shipment next day in the world. Um, And that's what we do. And that's our value proposition. So we cannot dismiss to, to be highly effective operationally, or you don't do, you know, you don't meet those metrics that we need. Mm -hmm. You know, we work with a lot of engineers and a lot of designs and contract manufacturers, and they rely on on us to have the inventory and they rely on us and, you know, in North America to get it there tomorrow so that we're almost in some ways their bank in multiple ways. Right. So then they can, give it to these people that innovate. So all the cool stuff that we like, I mean, that's our, that's our part in the food chain. So, you know, we don't manufacture anything. Our work isn't super sexy. We put parts in a, in a box, but I'll tell you that end product that in some ways it can save lives. It can, it can lifestyle technology, whatever it is, that's the sexy stuff. And that's the, you know, that's our, that's our part in the food chain. So we're pretty darn proud of being able to say that, you know, we are, uh, you know, people that, that impact, uh, you know, innovation across candidly across the globe, mostly in North America. And obviously we've grown tremendously globally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we definitely impact innovation and, and we, we value uh, working with people who are technical for sure. <laughs> well, I always, you know, you basically have everything inside this iPad, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. right? Like on the shelves somewhere yes. in some yeah, form or fashion. About. How about like, like, tell me, let's just talk COVID real quick. Like, that had to be a challenge in itself because I'm guessing you had something to do with all the, you probably hoarded all the chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's all these chips? Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, I think a lot of businesses, uh, 
you know, managing through that COVID because, you know, certain things that never had these, these crazy wild market swings did. I mean, I'm not trying to be silly, but whoever thought you'd had to hoard toilet paper, like that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. So, yeah. so I think that um, it was really important during that time to understand as you make decisions as a business to use data and, and look at these swings and, you know, to look at how do you, if you smooth that data or, you know, where does that end up? Because you, you can get, you can get in uh a business like ours, you can get yourselves in, in a little bit handcuffed because we're inventory heavy. Well, inventory is cash, uh, in, but it's also investment in our business. So there's just a lot of dynamics there that yeah. during COVID, and, you know, it was hard. I mean, we had to make some tough decisions uh, because, you know, our business, it, it slowed for just a little bit. And then, you know, we grew 80% over two years. Wow. And so there is no system, there is no business out there that understands uh, that when you grow 80%, you can't not have cracks. You can't not. <laughs> so every, every process for us that, that was maybe a little bit wonky or technology that was, hey, we probably should you know, refresh or, or whatever, every, every crack we had in the sidewalk was exposed. And so, uh, so now for us that there's a little bit of catch up on some of that kind of stuff while we, while we continue to grow and, and bring this big facility on site yeah. or online, excuse me. Yeah, it's some tremendous scale. Uh, if you don't know where Thief River's at, I mean, Google this on a map and then just picture, how big is that building you guys just built? Uh, 2.2 million square feet. Um, so that's twice as big as about the Amazon fulfillment centers. That's, Is that right? Yeah, they're about a million square feet. Yeah, uh, that that that's kind of their footprint. So yep. yeah, yeah, so, it's it's one of the largest industrial buildings in the country, and and um, you know the the technology is cutting edge. You know we're we're uh, you know we're working really hard to get that building online, and and we're shipping stuff out of there. And there's but we but we went for it. We could have just built a bigger building and okay. and uh, you know kind of put the same technology in and and created that capacity. But we went for it. We went for the cutting edge technology that allows us to you know continue to to run this global company headquartered in a town of nine thousand people. It's 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 it doesn't happen. And so we have such a responsibility to the Northwest region and. Uh, um, so that, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we can ensure that for the next 50 years, you know, yeah. that legacy leadership type stuff. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So make sure, check this out on a map. Like there's, I don't even know if there's an interstate, there's some highways there, but there's no, no, inter no interstate. You probably have like the busiest airport in Thief River Falls that <laughs> just getting. We have actually one of the busiest freight airports, uh, in the whole country. Yeah. We, guys uh, check this out. Like it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. The size of this building, what they're doing there. Uh, the innovation, 80% in the last two years. It, like, it's incredible. Just go on the map, check it out, check out DigiKey because it's like a super incredible, <laughs> the whole story is incredible. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your background? How did you get all that? Like, how did you get to that? how did you get to DigiKey? Where, where did you start? Where did you go to school? Yeah. And, and yeah. Oh, thanks Mark. You know, I, I'm super proud to say I grew up in Northwest Minnesota and, and, uh, you know, I grew up in, in Thief River Falls. And so I love to say that I haven't went very far and, and, uh, but, you know, graduated from Thief River. I went to Northland Community Technical College in Thief River. Went cool. to Bemidji State University, which yeah. is an hour and a half away. So I, I can't decide looking back if I was too scared to go farther than that or not, or if I just, you know, like the area. But I'm pretty, I'm proud of that and not necessarily proud of myself. I'm just proud of, of being from Northwest Minnesota. I'm a, definitely a 218 uh, individual for sure. Which is which is the the, the phone uh, prefix there? So in case for those that don't know that, but um, yeah, and I you know I I didn't know it. I was a typical uh, you know eighteen year old uh, male. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and so I went to Northland, and I you know candidly was more worried about playing baseball and you know drinking beer and and. Uh, yeah. You know, I got into coaching baseball uh, with a buddy of mine at the time, and and uh, and I was like, I kind of like this, and I'm like, How old you were know, you? Uh, Nineteen. And, Nineteen. Uh, okay, we were coaching Legion baseball. <laughs> Literally, we played <laughs> with some of the guys that we were coaching. Yeah, yeah. in Red that's Lake Falls, fun. and you know, we ended up making a state tournament that our first year of coaching. Like, wow, completely ridiculous, but it happened, and I, I think it had little to do with coaching, but more with the the talent of the kids, of course. But, but you know, that that kind of got me pushed in the fact that you know I really like working with kids, and uh, you know, then then my fire was lit. That was that piece that I needed. Oh, really. 
And, uh, you know, cause I, I was kind of, you know, floating my way through Northland. I, I won't let everybody know what my GPA was there my first so year. So now you gotta uh, tell us. Well, it was like 2.1 or two. It was oh, I bad. had two, three. Yeah. I, I got kicked out of business. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. And, uh, you know, but then after that, I, you know, I don't know that I hardly got a B for the, the whole rest of the time I oh, went good. to school. So it, it's, um, you know, I loved education and my goal in life was, uh, to be an elementary education teacher and coach baseball. And, and hit the repeat button for 35 years. And so, I, you know, as I got into that, um, I was very fortunate to have some people that, uh, you know, took an interest in me and challenged me and, and okay. uh, ended up as the assistant principal at our middle school. I started teaching at our middle school and ended up as the assistant principal. And Is that but, more education to do that? Or is yeah, that? yeah. To, oh. to be an administrator, um, I don't know if it's this way in all states, but in, in the state of Minnesota, you have to have a master's degree. So I had a master's in educational leadership, and then you essentially get another master's, which is a specialist degree, and that's all that kind of okay. principal stuff. Got it. So you end up with two graduate degrees to be you know, uh, an administrator. And and so I was I was doing that, and I was still coaching baseball, so it was, it was kind of a kind of a dream gig. I was yeah. – and. Uh, you know, then the, the role of high school principal came open in Thief River and, and, uh, you know, I, w- I was a little unsure if that's something that I wanted to do. I knew I wanted probably wanted to probably do it someday, but I, you know, I didn't want to quit coaching and, and things like that, but, but ultimately ended up there and, and, uh, you know, it, it, and I, you know, started there and there was a lot of people that I was familiar with, of course, cause it's my hometown. <laughs> yeah. Some of my teachers were there and, you know, so I've been beyond blessed. I just had some people that, took some interest and, and, uh, you know, push me in and, uh, cause I, I can talk myself out of stuff pretty quickly, oh, okay. you know, and, uh, and I don't necessarily, I, once I get going, it's like, then it's like, I'll talk myself into all kinds of stuff oh, okay. on the front end. When I change, it's like, Hey, this is great. This is exactly. Cause when I, when I make a choice, I dive in pretty hard. And then when you dive into stuff, then you essentially turn into to loving it. That's yeah. what happens. You yeah. Know? And, uh, so no, I you know my wife is uh, she's a special lady. She keeps me pretty darn grounded, and, and yeah. you know basically says, "Hey, listen, you know you, sometimes you need to to shut up and listen to other people." And and so it's it's been a nice push for me, not only at uh, you know to to uh, push to become the high school principal, but uh, oh. in, in in other things. So she's as well. pushing you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just, good. Yeah, yeah. Support so, within, man. Yeah. So she's she really gets it, and you got to have that support and leadership, uh, you know, from your partner and, and spouse. And so it's, yeah. She's she's a gem. That's for yeah. sure. That's awesome. Um, I'd like to go back a little bit here. What when you you were coaching your basically your classmates in baseball mm-hmm. in Legion? What 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 did you love about coach? What what changed? Obviously, you went to state. You had some success. Yeah. But where was it before you even went to state? Was yeah, it just no, I, you it, fell in love with it. Yeah, or? it was probably a lot less about that. But it's like, <laughs> it's it was like, man, when you're, you, you know, when you're coaching and you choose to develop relationships with people, it, it you kind of get this feeling like, wow, I, this is really. It, it's about helping people, right? Mm-hmm. Now at that time, I'm going to tell you right now, I knew nothing about growing young men and you know what I mean? That like, I wasn't there yet. I got there. And when you do that, that's when your programs and things really, you find success when you, when you focus on the whole individual. But I I think we were just there. We were, we were having fun and lots of passion and grinding and not afraid to stick our nose in it. And, you know, we didn't get always a lot of respect, I think, because it's like, who are these young guys out here? And, and uh, so that was fun to kind of battle. So, you know, because, and uh, so I think it was just this idea of like, you know, I think this idea about helping people or building things, you know, okay. and, you know, you're, you're into construction. Yeah. There's a lot of satisfaction in building stuff, whether it's physical or, or maybe, you know, um, organizationally. Right. Yeah. So Did your buddies listen to you. They, I mean, they, they buy in to the Shane right, yeah. out, right, right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, it's funny that the, the guy that coached with me, his name is Shane too. So, um, <laughs> Shane square. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know about, uh, that. I, I think we just had some fun and, and, you know, and had some passion. Listen, we, we, they're great kids, you know, we're not going to take credit for helping them win too hard, but it was just, I think they, we brought some energy to the plate. That's and, awesome. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing. God, that's cool. So you, uh, so your wife is the one that's pushing you behind uh, everything. We'll keep kind of going down the storyline. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah. So I have uh, uh, two brothers and uh, um, 
well, let me do my math correct here. So I got a stepbrother <laughs> and sister out in Colorado. And, okay. and uh, yeah, I have two sisters and a brother as well. So, um, you know, gotcha. so it's so uh, fun. Everybody's busy and, and doing their things. And so, yeah. They, they in Thief River too? Or? No, Fargo and uh, Thief River. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so they stick around. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Um, so what did uh, what led you down the path of you were an assistant principal and you said you were moving into high school principal. High school principal, principal which yeah. is a big step, right? Yeah. Because that's more, is that more, I, I don't know what being principal means. Yeah. Yeah. It's some, you know, as assistant principal, your focus probably is, um, well, you know, Bob Wayne, who was our principal at the time, it, it was a true partnership. And, you know, that, that guy gave me a lot of latitude. I'll tell you what, I, I still deer hunt with Bob and okay. he, he's, he's, a, he's a buddy of mine. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, so I, I think I, he really helped me learn a lot of different things. Like I'd have an idea. I can remember one time I'm like, Bob, I think we should, you know, change the schedule. And he's like, <laughs> and Bob was, is a master at the schedule. Like this guy oh. knew everything in and out and he knew my idea wasn't going to work. But he let me go. He let me oh, do really? research and he let me, you know, do all the stuff. And I came to him and he, I go, Bob, this isn't going to work. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so it was really that, that Failing stuff. forward but, there. But ultimately, I think, you know, as a high school principal, you know, your, your mindset is, um, and it should be at all levels, but I think it really shifts to, okay, we have, we have people going out into the world and, and what are we trying to shape for them and, and how does our school reflect a forward thinking environment? Because, you know, in some ways, education hasn't changed for a gazillion years, right? Unfortunately, and that's, yeah. uh, disappointing. So, you know, our staff and in leadership, we're like, we're not going to be that. That's not who we're going to be. Oh. And so, you know, we were again. I'm going to date myself. This is getting to be back a ways. You know, two thousand, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, whatever. You know. Uh, maybe it was 2010, somewhere in there, those, we, you know, we were one of the first schools to, to go one-on-one in our whole area. And we, you know, went MacBooks. We were one of the first ones in the state of Minnesota. Oh, wow. And uh, we dove really hard into, um, you know, it's coined college and career readiness, but, you know, it's like, it's like life after Lincoln, you know, which is our school. So what's life after Lincoln for kids and whether they go to the workforce, two-year technical, uh, gap year, uh, armed forces, whatever those, those types of things, that was the whole idea. So we had just had this idea we called college was any of that, you know, cause college yeah. typically is this, okay, where are you going to college? It's this four year type thing. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work. Didn't work for you. And seemingly things are going pretty well. Right. Yeah. You know, so that we wanted this mindset, the college to us was anything that we were going to do after our kids were going to do after high yeah. school. And then, you know, you'll love this because you're in construction, but, you know, we had this tool belt mentality. It's like they came to us with some tools in their belt because they had went through school and what they gained from their parents and others. But our job is to fill that tool belt up. So when they left, Mm -hmm. you know, they can make whatever choice they wanted to make uh, as they got on to the the world. So, you know what, that's a, tell you what, you you want a sense of purpose in life as as an educator like that, that, that is that I get fired up talking about it right now. Yeah. Like it's pretty Those kids cool. are more ready than they've ever, you know what I mean? Like they're just, the, the problem is the kids leave high school and they're just like, well, I got to go to college. And then they, they spend the money of the college and just like you and I, we were drinking beer and, and I wasn't coaching baseball, but yeah. I, you know, whatever. It's just like, we yeah. were, we didn't do anything with it. We got some, we got some credits and we got some debt. Yeah. Um, and it, it's even funny though. Like, yeah, I do construction, but it's like, plumbers right now are making mid thirties an hour. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I talked to a kid that had 70 grand worth of college debt. That's making 52 K a year, you know, as a salary. And that's the sociology path, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, a different path. Yeah. So yeah. I think you could see a, you know, there's a real good climb for blue collar jobs and, and, mm-hmm. and it, there's a need for it. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen within DigiKey, it's like, I wish I had twice as many warehouse workers yeah. or yeah. guys that want to do some physical jobs, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's, you know, I think what we need to do is, is continue. And I, you know, I'll probably challenge leaders on this one in businesses. You have to be active. You know, you can't say we don't have, you, you can't say that you don't have workers and you can't say that you don't have people if you're not active in your communities that, that where you live and things like that. And that doesn't mean you got to donate a, you know, a whole bunch of money so they can build programs. But right. how do you, how do you, how do you get the folks that work for you? How do you allow them to volunteer their time? You know, we have people who volunteer with our robotics team 
And they're all, I mean, that's a seven to eight month deal wow. as an example. And they're programmers and they're technical people and, and fabricators and, and different things like that. And, and so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a definite purpose for four-year, absolutely. And there's a definite purpose for technical. But again, I think it's really important that you, you help young people have the tools and, 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 you know, the other thing, Mark, and try not to ramble here, but this no, is yeah, an important good, point man. I want to make sure is so many times we say, Hey, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Change that narrative. What do you, what do you know that you don't want to do? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? People can answer that. Mm-hmm. They might not know what they want to do that. They know they don't want to do that. You know, I, I grew up in education. I don't, I guarantee none of my three boys want to be in education. Okay, good. Cross it off the list. They know they don't want to do that. Gotcha. Okay. And that's not a knock on education. They just don't want to do it. Okay, so we don't have to talk about that. Well, what do you want to do? I'm not really sure, but I know I don't want to do that as an example. And I think that's a really good place to start with, like with young people is, uh, is with that kind of conversation first because it's less pressure. They can answer that for you. And then that's like, okay, we took it in as a parent or an educator, you just took a step forward, believe yeah. it or not, because yeah, you that's... crossed off what you don't want to do. Right. So rather than make this ill-informed, uh, ill-informed choice to... You know, go here and do that when you don't really want to know. So anyway, so hey, there, it was a fun time for us during I that. Think, uh, I think that's time. important. I mean, any any young, maybe you're going to graduate high school. Maybe you're graduating college today. Um, you know, start knocking off the things that are It's so important. Knock off the things you don't want to be doing. You don't want to be focused on. Focus on the things that matter. Uh, focus on things that just make you excited. Yeah, the coaching absolutely. made you excited and you didn't know why, but yeah. it's evolved your career now. Um, and construction, I was kind of motivated by money out of the gate. It's not mm-hmm. that I wanted to work construction, but my dad always told me, go to, co- go to school, get a real job, or mm-hmm. you, know, you don't want to be pouring concrete the rest of your life. So I did exactly what he told me to do, even though it was bad advice. And, um, and then I went to college for four years, got a bunch of debt, came out. I'm actually 12 credits short, so I can't even say I have a degree, but mm-hmm. I'm real close. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I started with a construction company. That's, that's what I started as. And then 13 years later, you know, we're here. So it's like, that's just what I like doing. That's what I enjoyed doing. That was, if I made a do not list, it should have been a lot of things. And I did, I did went to school for business. So I can't say I didn't use it, Yeah, but they didn't teach me about what I'm doing today. Like I could summarize most of what I do in a year for most kids and put them through an accelerator program. That's the way teaching I think is going or college I think is trying to adapt to. I hope so. You know, cause I think it's uh, cause there's, there's a ton of value in education. It's just, how do you, how can we get to that point quicker and, and I'm not talking about a time frame. It might take four years to get in certain things. And it I'm might. Not, but, but then how do we then, um, how do we give them in that four years even more practical experience and things? And, and so, you know, I always joke as a, as a principal, like, what is it, how does it show up in, the, in your classroom on a Tuesday? Like, so it's practical. You know, yeah. for us at DigiKey, it's like, we can do lots of stuff, but if we live in the clouds and it's theoretical, then it, I always say, how does it show up on the floor at, at DigiKey? And I think that's really, really important for um, colleges got to get kids there quicker because then I think it helps them with their resilience to go through school because it's not always exciting, but how do they give them these flashes and get them involved in some things that, that might be more real world early instead yeah. of waiting Till their junior year, oh, now I finally get to get into my what I what I think that I or know that I'm yeah. interested in. So I just think there's so much opportunity, and, and with the way the you know the economy and things are right now, and the low unemployment rate and and things like that, uh, everyone's going to have to really understand and adjust. We can't just keep throwing fastballs down the middle. Yeah, it's not going to work. You right. you won't be successful. You're an educator. You're from the prince. You know you've done the whole pass, elementary to assistant to principal. What what do you think about like AI technology? Because like, should schools be adopting this and teaching the kids how to run it, or should they say come out with all these programs to know that if they're using it, they shouldn't be using it? Yeah. What's your take on that? Because well, you're you came me, from the let space. Let me let me use an old example. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll get to your AI one. So. When we first implemented one-to-one, 
when a lot of social, and again, I'm going to date myself here, is, uh, but you know, <laughs> you're 35 this year. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was 35. <laughs> we but, we uh, can put guess your, guess his age in the comments because yeah, he, he yeah. wouldn't even guess it. Yeah. So, you know, social media, when that first really started to, to take off, mm-hmm. you know, schools were like, you know, time out, big hands out. We're not doing that. No access. That's taboo. And of course, there's a lot of misuse of, of uh, social, and we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. But we took the approach in our school district, and especially at, the, at our high school, most specifically. I'm again, you got to be age appropriate. So I'm more talking from the lens of the high school, is we're going to teach kids how to use this. We're not going to block it. We're going we're gonna to talk about how do we use it responsibly. Expose them. And when you make mistakes, we're going sit, to sit down and talk to you about it. And uh, I can remember giving a. Uh, giving a presentation at a, at a state conference. And I had these, these principals and, you know, they, they had been there a long time. You could tell they were, and they were, they were not drinking the Kool-Aid that I was serving and about how do you partner with kids and families to learn how to use uh, social media and understand it. So oh. you can, and they're like, no, you can't. So you mean you talk to kids? That's a law enforcement issue when they screw up. And I'm like, yeah, you bet it is. Not at my school, it's not. <laughs> and so I can remember one guy kept pushing and I said, you know, I can imagine, I, I, I probably stepped out of bounds, but I was just like, I can about imagine what it's be like to be a kid in your school, I told him. And uh, we kind of stopped there. But so, anyway, let's, so let's go to AI. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I can go to ChatGPT. I use it all the time, by the way. Okay, I don't know something cool. now. I use, I use it all the time. It's like, you know, how, do, how does this impact this? Okay, that didn't give me the answer. Then I ask a, a next question. And then I start to put together some thoughts. Even if I was going to give a presentation on, you know, hey, I'm going on a podcast with a business leader. What are some things that I need to know and understand? You know, it's a super, super simple question. Yeah. But are we going to take the approach... We're going to block chat GPT because you use it to cheat. <laughs> right. Or are we going to say, okay, all right, here's what we're going to do. Instead of you doing all this research on, you know, 50 different sources, you're going to go to chat GPT and we're going to work on, we're going to spend two days on you getting the, uh, having the ability to ask the perfect question. Prompts. Yeah. I like that. And then you're going to get the, you're going to get this deep because the, the thing with AI is you got it, the prompts, like you said, and there's so much out there right now. People are just accelerating. Like here's a prompt chart and download this, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? So, so again, Hey, hi, what are you going to do? Are you going to avoid it? Like that's ridiculous. Um, you know, or, or, are people going to use it to cheat? Of course they are. They're, you know, kids cheated on tests a hundred years ago. They're going to do it today. And then, you know, <laughs> but, but how do you teach kids to use that effectively because all, even in businesses right now, I mean, people are using it for design. Yeah. People are using it to write job descriptions. People are putting boxes around it in their organization and using it as a drop-down menu to complete tasks. Yeah. So to ignore it, so you want to be a great school, you want to be a great business, you, you got to get on the edge with this. And you know, we're spending a ton of time as a company right now oh, yeah. uh, researching, not investing, but researching in, in how is this going to impact because we pride ourselves on being on the front edge and leading technology. And the other part, Mark, is like in, for leaders now, if this can help you solve some mundane administrative type tasks, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Because how those tasks aren't fun for employees anyway. Labor's difficult. So why would you, you, you can't, you can't avoid yeah. things like this. You know, you can say, uh, I, I you know, I'm going to leave that out there. That's for somebody else. You can, yeah. but you, you're already, you're already, you're already winding the clock on your business. Side. Right. The big business people are, they, they have to use it. Your, your, your job isn't going to get replaced by AI. The people using AI are going to be the ones replacing you yeah, because they exactly. just won't need you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the mundane tasks. It's the, it's the simple the simple task that now ChatGPT with eight great prompts can give you the perfect, probably better than someone took a whole day to write or whatever it is. So these 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 mundane tasks, it's you have to be using it. And I we just had a meeting last week with our team about we got to start training our guys on this. We're in construction. Mm-hmm. We have to train our guys on how to use this. Everyone should be trying to take is a twenty nine dollar online course that might be worth. 
thousands of dollars. We might have to, we might be able to, you know, reduce labor because of it. So yeah. you have to be using it. You have to be, uh, yeah, we're not investing in it. We're investing our time into it. Right. You know, but. And it's going to evolve quickly. That's, oh. that's the thing. And now we can get into a debate on another podcast where that's good or bad. Right? Yeah. I right. There's a lot of danger. It's scary. It's yeah, scary. It is scary. And, uh, um, so, but that aside, you, you can't avoid it or ignore it that, right. that it's not there. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, so how long were you principal, man? You know, between, uh, assistant principal and, and principal, um, let me see, uh, 16, 17 years, 17, I think. Wow. 18. Yeah. I remember when you first told me you were like, how long you were in principal. I was like, I thought, I thought you were like, is 35 or you just age really well. Yeah. I'm just old now. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah, take no. care, you must take care of yourself. Shane. Yeah. Yeah. I try to yeah. <laughs> we can, get my butt out of bed in the morning. Yeah, now, you do. So, yeah. I, yeah. You're a four o'clock in the morning guy, right? Four 30, four 30 o'clock. I can't do that. So yeah, no, it's fun. We, there's a good, good group of people that come to the high school in the, in the mornings and, uh, kids come in and it's, uh, it's pretty fun. So it's yeah. pretty, you know, got to do that. You know, for me, it's, uh, you know, I'm probably less concerned about the health part of it, which I should be because, you know, that's that. But for me, it's, uh, I, it allows me to hit, hit my day and I'm, I'm awake and I'm rolling because, you're going. you know, when you're, when you're, you know, a principal, you're in the building before seven and, and, uh, people are there and they need you. And, you know, a big company like ours, it's, uh, you know, you can't spend till nine o'clock, get woke up and drink, you know, oh. five pots of coffee to get there. It's like, we got to be, let's go, you know? So for me, that's probably most of my motivation, but it probably doesn't hurt to keep you healthy. You know, so do you think that stems of most of your, all of your motivation or where, 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 what makes you click? What do you, you know, think motivates you? Working out definitely gives you new energy. Yeah. Yeah. But there's gotta you be know, something else deeper. Yeah. You know, I think, I think for me, that what I've learned over the course of time is that I don't know if this fits your question mark, but you can, you can, uh, you can shift it around a little bit, but I think that for me, I, I really do enjoy building things. You know, I, I couldn't, you know, I can't pound a nail straight if I tried hardly, you know, and, uh, even though I'm terribly interested in it, but, you know, I think that this idea of how do you work with others to build something that they didn't think was possible or wasn't there, that uh -huh. that's pretty motivating. That probably doesn't answer the workout question too much, but no, no, um, but you know, it's it's uh, you can't you can't be great for others if you're not healthy, you know, and that's physically and, and and you know mentally and well, you know that wellness stuff. And I'm definitely not a wellness nut or anything like that. Not that that's bad. I'm just saying, you know, I don't go overboard. But you know, I I do really care about people. I mean, I I do, and I'm not afraid to say that. And that doesn't make me weak or soft. That uh, candidly, I think that makes me pretty damn strong. And mm -hmm. and uh, so you know, I just it's uh, it takes a lot of energy to lead as well. And, uh, so I think that that's kind of my motivation. I don't know that I ever think about it that way, but you know, if you ask me the question, I'll answer it. And I think probably that's how I'd connect the dots. Yeah. Well, that's why you're HR with 5,000 plays today. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. you, you, you have, I don't know, personal, uh, you connect well with people. You, you, you want the best from everybody. You want to get the most out of them. You want to see them succeed. Yeah. And when, you well, know, yeah, in Mark, I think the, yeah, it, you know, but fair enough. But, you know, the part is when, when they succeed in business, one of the things that we, you know, I don't know that we talk enough about a DigiKey, but, and we probably have to do a better job, but when, of connecting this, but we want stuff that people learn or do during their day to translate home. Okay. If they have a great day at work. They're going to be a great parent when they walk out the door mm -hmm. or a great spouse or a friend or a neighbor if you leave work and your day sucked and it wasn't good and it's consistently not good, do you think you're going to be a good parent yeah. uh, consistently? Do you think mm. you're going to be, because it's that impacts you. So, so I think that's that other part about being a real human organization. And uh, again, we, we're not perfect at DigiKey by any stretch. Uh, we got a great culture, uh, but man, we have to work at it every single day because um, the minute that you stop, you wake up and you're like, Oh, there's this gap there now. And, and, uh, you know, uh, a good friend of mine on our executive team, you know, he taught, and, I, and I'll never forget this. He said, you got, you, culture's this thing that you got to be careful that you don't wake up. And then one morning you got this big gap and then, you know, it's written about often, but then it, it takes a hundred times more work to fix culture oh, gosh. and to change culture than it is to uh, stay in the moment working at it and growing. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. We'll, we'll go a little deeper into that. What, what I want to know though, cause you made a transition, which 
was into DigiKey. We already we already gave that punchline out. Mm-hmm. But you went from education as a principal. It's not like you were the superintendent. It's not like you were doing the business side, right? Because that's yeah. how it usually works yeah. at schools. What what is that transition like? Why why does the transition happen? Or you know, you seventeen years is a long time to say in anything. Yeah, and yeah. You know, it's it is it is a change. You know, as a principal, you do get into some of the business side, but definitely not like you would as you know. Candidly, a superintendent is is a you know you're the CEO of a business, right? right. And you got to make the numbers work, and <laughs> you still are responsible for culture and all that kind of stuff. But you know. Um, it's been a heck of a challenge for me. There, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, I, you know, I, I didn't know what the heck I did. I was like, why did I do this? Because it was hard. And the people weren't hard. The people were great. The support was amazing. Uh, our leader, our president is, uh, you know, just, he's truly, you know, just a, a leader that just gets it. That's how I would easily describe him. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I appreciate him because he, he's not afraid to challenge me. And uh, our executive team, we work together really, really well. And, uh, you know, we, we, can, we, can, we can argue and have some conflict and uh, get to the right spot. And, we, you know, we keep the politics away. There is none. And, yeah. and, uh, but, you know, so, I, you know, and I've said this a few, in a few other places, I probably spent too much time early on looking back because I was like, what, why did I do this? This doesn't make any sense. I was okay. on fire every day. I was feeling great every day. I was having impact every day. Okay. And then I come here and I don't know anything. And where, <laughs> how am I supposed to navigate these waters? And, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was very uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, I think if I look back, I, you know, I wouldn't say I was overly comfortable as a principal. It's just the fact that but now I'm not scared of anything. Like I'm really not. Really? Um, and I think that, uh, I, you know, Dave could say, Hey, I love you, but I, you know, I think, I think we got to move on and like, okay, that wouldn't feel good, but I, <laughs> right. I, I would take that challenge head on and, and go find a spot that I could have impact. So I think that, that's a part of it, but but getting more clear to your question, Mark, is uh, you know business has a lot of moving pieces and it's quick and it's complex, right? Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things I knew early on, if I wanted to have impact, I needed to know our business deeply. Okay, and you know you can't you can't uh, you know human resources has a, a negative connotation for many, but here, listen, I'm a business leader who leads HR. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's a, that's, a, that's a different mindset. I think, you know, a lot of times HRs, you know, um, you know, the Michael Scott version of HR mm-hmm. from the office and in, in many companies and maybe deservedly so, but that's not how we're going to run it. We're, we're going to support uh, business strategy and help our, uh, executive leaders win at what they need to do. And, and that, you know, you get a big seat at the table, sometimes more than you want and, and, not, and jokingly an opportunity. But so anyway, you, you got to know and understand our business. So for us, it's like, what's our business model? What's our industry? Yeah. What impacts our industry? How does the economy impact our industry? You know, how does our, how does our P&L work? Um, how does our employee value proposition yeah. uh, impact engagement, impact turnover, impact the business? Where, what are the skills that we need in 2025 in certain roles and things? And so wow. you, you almost become this orchestra you know, leader in some ways. And that's a lot of balls to have in the air. There's no doubt about it. But to do that, you have to understand our, our business well. And I guarantee you the companies that are ran really well and the leaders that know it, they are pulling their HR people in. Um, because they, they, they know they can help them, uh, you know, really succeed as a leader and yeah. in their business. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I see a pattern here with you. You've, uh, the high school, you adapted technology really early, which wasn't normal. Um, you moved into principal, you know, just keep making change, keep adapting, keep, you, you always want to stay on the cutting edge. Now you kind of brought that. I think, I think you brought it to DigiKey as well. Let's stay way in front of this. AI, you know, I, I think that's, that's your mindset. I think that what drives you tries, you try to improve everything. I yeah. mean, you're always improving. You must be just in a constant improvement zone. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I like to learn. I'm curious and I will take zero credit for bringing any of that to DigiKey. I'm okay. serious. I will, I will tell you that I help support that to continue to happen. How's okay. That? Well, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, fair enough. You know, definitely bring, you know, hopefully bring some energy and passion to, to continuing to grow. But we have so many smart people in our business. It's like, you just got to get out of their way and, and help influence what they need. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that, but yeah, yeah I think, 
you know, my goal is never to be a crabby old principal, right? And <laughs> yeah. so right now I, I don't ever want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be an executive at any point in my career where people are like, wow, this thing's passed, passed him up. Like mm-hmm. that's the chip on my shoulder. And, and candidly, the other part is we're a big company. And I want to say, I don't want anybody to say, why did they got this guy from a little town? He's helping run this thing. Oh, you know, so, so no, I have, a, I have a few chips on my shoulder that I keep planted firmly and, yeah, and that's, that's awesome. Uh, keeps you motivated and things like that for yeah. sure. Well, they, you know, they, they always say, take out the small guy, but yeah, you, and then you, and you start doing good things. You're going to get a lot of people behind you supporting you. Right. And I'm sure you've right. gotten that now at DigiKey. And I don't know how big is your, I mean, this is a $5 billion company you're working for now in a business. What's the top of the company? How small do you guys get on the top leadership group? And I'm you just know, asking this for, I got some other questions. Along yeah. With this. You know, I, we're, we run pretty lean overall from, um, you know, from a company perspective, it's, uh, you know, I think it starts with our president and we, you know, he, he demands this humble confidence. You can't be too humble that where you, you don't get stuff done, right. And you don't inspire confidence, but you know, behind the, you know, with the door closed, like we got this and we will be successful, wow. but we're going to go out and do it in a way that, that is collective and collaborative and, and things like that. So I think that that's, that's super, super important. So, so we, we're pretty lean and, and, uh, you know, one of the things when you grow, it's, um, you, you got to learn to work differently. So I think that's, that's really a, a good challenge for us ahead yep. is I think we're, we're at an inflection point. We're, we're, you know, using cutting edge technology at every turn. I mean, the big systems that are out there in the world, we're, we're investing. We don't cut corners. We invest in our business. Our owner is, is all in on that. And, uh, you know, so, so from us, from a leadership perspective, it's for us, I think is going to be the biggest challenge is how are we growing that next generation? Like to call them ready now leaders so that we can say, listen, we got a big problem. And we don't know how to solve it, but we see that you exhibit this skill. So guess what? We're going to have you go work on that. Well, I don't, I don't know if I know anything about that. That's okay. But we, so, uh-huh. so that's a good challenge for us now is to continue to grow those ready now leaders. And, you know, we're, we're in a remote area, candidly. So our access to talent is a little bit different. We got to work a little bit differently and okay. we got to grow our own people. And so, so I think when you say, you know, like, how does this run from the top? That's how it runs from the top. Gotcha. And so we keep it pretty simple. Yeah. And uh, but we we do have some challenges now that we have to. It's like this inflection point of of how do we lead moving ahead, keep that culture that got us here, but but keep it to a point that you know is the next thing of AI comes up or who what whatever the next thing is that we're ready and prepared for that from a leadership perspective. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's a crazy. Do you guys actually build anything at DigiKey? Is there like because I was like. I'm getting asked this and I live in Grand Forks. So. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we do some, uh, we, we do some things, uh, with some parts for people, you know, you could call it light manufacturing, uh, in some regards, but, but no, not really. It's, it's, uh, we're really about getting parts and all the stuff that, that design people need and getting it across the globe as quick as possible. I mean, nobody does it better. I mean, you know, we're, we're in Europe in two days and we're in China in three days and UPS where, you know, we have the last flights in with UPS and FedEx. They go right from Thief River right to their hubs. I mean, there's only three or four airports in the whole country that, that have that. So we, they partner with us to, to get the best access so that we make every all those shipping times, and you know, COVID's been tough, and uh, you know, even now shipping is a little bit, uh, you know, wonky at times. But, but you know, nobody's better than us, and and uh, at that, and and I'll say that confidently, and that is our value proposition, and so wow. we have to say that, and we have to build a company that that allows for that. Otherwise, um, you know, the, the unique part is anybody can partner with FedEx and UPS. Anybody can buy the parts. Anybody oh. can build a warehouse. Sure. So for us, you can't just say, you know what, this is good enough. We're just going to stay right here. Yep. That doesn't work. We have to continue to grow. We don't have a choice unless we want to be a niche little company, but a niche little company can't, you know, have, have some of the best healthcare in the whole country for our employees. Can't, we can't serve our people and families if we don't grow. So we don't have a choice. And that's hard for people to understand at times to be candid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, why, why do we got to keep growing? This is good. Well, that, that's not the nature of business, as you yeah. know. So. Yeah, your healthcare is absolutely 
I, it must be one of the best in the country. I, I don't know. I've never even heard of any other. Yeah, I mean, unless we, you work for the government. Yeah, we pay about 99 cents out of every dollar of, of healthcare spend. Wow. So, yeah. so if you're looking for a job <laughs> yeah. and you live in Northwest Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. Northeast Minnesota, anywhere, yeah. get a hold of Shane because <laughs> yeah. he probably has an opportunity for you yeah. and you'll probably likely to get on some of the best healthcare I've ever known an employer to give. Yeah, for sure. Um, hard to compete with that. So yeah, no, I, uh, so what else, what are the, some crazy statistics? Cause like you guys growing 80% in the last two years. So you were doing, I don't know, walk us through 2020, 21, maybe, you know, all the yeah. way up those last few years. Yeah. So, um, you know, at one point we were almost during COVID almost 40,000 orders behind. Scary. Wow. wow. Um, you know, cause when nobody knew what COVID, you know, essentially was and, you know, if, you know, every, people had to stay home and there's all this stuff going on, it was, uh, it was hard. So that's a crazy stat. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you put that much in a pipe of a system, you, you put yourself at risk. So right. that, that was scary. What was sales pre COVID? Like, 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 you know, in, in 2018, we, uh, we, uh, we hit 3 billion for the first time. Okay. And then 2019, our market is, um, it, or our industry, excuse me, our sector, uh, <laughs> let me call it that, I think is probably a better, yeah. is um, it tends to to kind of do eight, eight, uh, eight quarter kind of things, you know, in some regards. Now they're starting to, some of them are getting shorter, a little bit longer, but anyway, we, so 19, we, you step, we step back down below uh, 3 billion and that's very natural in our industry. This year, we'll, we won't we we won't hit our our revenue from last year. Sure, you know uh, that's there's too much inventory in the channel. You talked about chips earlier. Yeah, there's some inventory in our industry. They call it the golden screw. It's like they have everything. It's like having a pizza made, but you don't have an oven. Uh, oh. that, but but in our world, we're just looking. They call it the golden screw. Okay, because when you get that, then all this comes together. But there's just still some parts that got it. No offense, uh, you know, smaller CMs and contract manufacturers and OEMs, um, we don't get access to it. They're going to Ford and Apple and oh, GM and things like that. So there's there's some of those things that 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 are unique. Um, I think a fun thing is, you know, we work with all, all the big companies, you know, we're not in the volume business, that low margin grindy stuff. Um, but we work with, you know, design engineers at, at all the, all those companies that we know well. And, uh, and, you know, so that's kind of a cool factor for us. Right. And, and, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on, on, on being technical and, and, uh, you know, working with those people to get them what they need and, and being part of that value chain. Some other stats, um, yeah, we grew 80% during that, that COVID time. You know, we ship out uh, anywhere from uh, 24 to 29,000 packages a day. Wow. Um, we're global. We have locations in, in uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong, uh, South Korea, a um, couple locations in Europe, Munich, uh, Enschede, Netherlands, UK. Um, we, we have... Um, partnerships in India, Israel, you know, so we're really, really, really big. And, uh, so that's, I think that's a fun fact for people. We're over 5,000 employees, you know, globally. Yeah. How Um, do you stay in front of an employee in Israel? Well, again, it comes down to, to leadership there, Okay, you know, now, you know, and we, you know, we do travel, we, you know, try to make sure that we get touch points a couple times a year from senior level leadership. And COVID, of course, shut that down, as you would understand. Yep. And, um, you know, so, so it's really making sure that we're very connective with, with leadership. Yeah. And then they, that part of leadership is their job then is to help tell the story of DigiKey and, and, and drive that culture. Wow. So, cause it's not, you can't, you can't touch it all from no. Thief River Falls. <laughs> yeah, right. If you think you can, you're, you're silly. So, um, so I think that that's, that's really an important piece, Mark. Wow. Yeah. So I'm I'm just thinking, okay, if I'm a small business owner, maybe a medium business owner, I a large one, how do you what is how do you build culture? What like what are, what are a few tips that you've seen work and how do you build them leaders and how do you keep implementing these things cuz you you're touching I mean, you can't be in Israel, you can't be in India. Yeah. You just can't be everywhere. Yeah. So how what do you find that works? Yeah. And I you know, I probably don't have a you know, some, you know, here's step one, two, three, four, five. Right, yeah, maybe no. I'll just do maybe more of a, 
you know, smorgasbord here type yeah. of uh, situation. But, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of different things. Um, the tonal leadership from the leader is, is huge. And I'm not saying things are top down because you can't run a business top down. Yeah. I mean, you have superintendents and foremans and, you know, you have marketing people. And if they're waiting for Mark Kuhn to make every decision, you, your company yeah. doesn't grow. So, right. so I want to be super clear about that. But when you think about the expectation of how leaders show up and the culture that you want to drive, that has to come from the top. Now, culture comes from the bottom up too as well. But I just, I think having, I've been so fortunate, I can tell you I've never had a bad leader. And that mm. I'm, a, and that's probably sounds a little Pollyanna in some regards, but I've been fortunate. So, wow. and and uh, and they do make people a priority. You can go on any company's website, and I guarantee ninety percent of them you're going to find the word people and their values. Just Google it. Yeah. Okay. But their actions don't mirror it. You know, I follow your company and the things that you do. You know, what was the one post you, you got all your. Your guys, uh, you know, at the end of the year, they're outside a lot in the, yeah. in the concrete and, and battling the, <laughs> the elements and all these guys, construction guys yep. are sitting there getting their, uh, what do you call it? Nails done? Nails yeah, done. pedicures? Pedicures, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it, you know, that's great. That's like, I mean, they're probably like, what is Mark having us doing? <laughs> but so anyway, it's, it's that connective uh, tissue and you got to show people you care. And you know what? You can pay people all you want, and that's important. Believe me, it's right at the top. Okay. But, you know, you have to show people that you care. And the bigger you get, no offense, not, not most people don't care what Shane thinks. They mm. care about what their leader thinks. Yeah. And if that leader shows up well. So this idea of developing leaders that are wide, I call them wide because it's like, today I need to be technical. Today I need to be a manager. Today I need to be a leader. Today I need to give someone a hug. Today I need to kick them in the butt. Like that's the stuff that, that I mm -hmm. think that drives a lot of passion. You know, the culture piece too is there's a lot to a lot of different things. It's like the environment. What kind of environment do you have for your employees? You take a lot of great pride in your facilities uh, mm -hmm. and your brand of who you are as a company. You know, you you come into our new facility. It's a distribution center. I'm telling you, the the, the spaces we put together are better, better than most corporate offices. We did that with purpose. We want our people that are on site every day, driving every day. They don't have as much flexibility, candidly. Uh, they, they have the, you know, some of the nicest break room, uh, facilities and I'll put them against anybody. Wow. And, uh, we spent a ton of money on that and we did it, you know, on purpose for them. And so, you know, but you can't just do facilities and say that's culture. That's just another, you know, connective piece. I think visibility and transparency, you know, during COVID, you'd find our senior leaders, you know, I'd, I'd get done with my day job and I pick in, you know, uh, you know, I went and picked in the W bays. That's, that's where, where I'd pick, you know, our, our president likes to say, you know, his day job is, uh, or his first job is, is to be the president. Yep. His second job is he picks in the, in the M base and that's where, you know, and so that's the kind of mentality that in, you want to be along alongside your employees. Now, can you be there all the time? You can't because then you're not leading. Yeah. But at times, are you, you know, in your case, are you, are you, uh, you know, you can't, you can't go pour concrete every day. Yeah. You can't design the next piece of, of marketing material for your development mm -hmm. uh, properties and things like that. No. But how do you set your schedule up? So you are at that table or you are back on the, uh, the swing machine or whatever yeah, you call yeah. those things are, uh, you know, you got to do that. And so those, those are some subtle, um, you know, little things. I think the, you know, there's, you know, a term for it, employee value proposition for every company that's going to be different. So again, if you only focus narrowly on a few things, you're probably missing out. So it could be healthcare for, for one person. That's okay. the big deal. Yep. It could be pay for the next one. It right. could be opportunities to move up for the next one. It could, for the next one, it's like, I just want a job that's super consistent that I don't need to worry about losing because I want to be the best walleye fisherman at starting at four yeah. o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> you sure. You know what I mean? Might and that's so, so again, I'm, I'm probably not giving a really clear answer, but I, I am, I, I'm really, I'm really uh, centered on this point about being human and, and using empathy to understand people and meet them where they're at. Yeah. And that could be seriously, it's like, Hey, Meeting where they're at could be like, you know what, this isn't working out. Yeah. That I, is human. Right. Instead of dragging them along and, and letting people, you know, be frustrated and things like that. And, 
and um, you know, or hey, here's training, here's opportunity. So I just think there's this. If if you look through the lens of other people, you know, I got glasses on today, and it's like, you know what? How how would you want your wife, your daughter, your son, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother to be treated in the same situation? Mm-hmm. If you look through that, it, it's it doesn't have to be so complicated. Right. But people make it complicated because <laughs> yeah. they get into the politics and then what are people going to think? And oh, it's yeah. like judgment. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, and be vulnerable. You know, yeah. if you screw up, you screw up and do you, own it. Do you find that I love the people part and, and it's so important, but accountability part, do you, how do you marry those up? Because sometimes that's like can be a difficulty because that you, you want to be the friend. Yeah. But you also got to make sure they're getting. What yeah, done? It, it, no, it's a great question. And thank you for asking because, you know, someone could be listening to this saying, oh, that, yeah, thank you for all of that. No, you, you, those two things have to go hand in hand. Okay. You know, uh, I live in a small community. Right. Like, you know people, okay? Yeah. Some of those ki- people, <laughs> oh, let me say kids <laughs> that are at DigiKey, they're my former students, you know, and okay. things like that. So you know them at different levels. But, but that's where when you're very transparent about expectations and you have clarity and roles and responsibilities, then we always go back. It's like, you know, I can say hi to you at the Legion for burgers on Saturday or yeah. bingo at the Eagles or whatever it happens to be and, you know, and, and uh, buy you a beer or whatever. But if we're not doing our job, like, you know, it's like, remember, here's what, what we're, you know, doing. So, yeah, you got to be careful. I, I think friends, you know, I'm not at all depicting the fact that we got to be friends. Human and friends are two different things, right? Yeah. And uh, so I think the, the clarity and, and then how you handle yourself as a leader, that is a huge thing. Okay. You know, if you think a lot of yourself and everything's about you, you know, then you probably have people that will start following that. If you, you know, if you're lazy and uh, you don't care, then mm-hmm. guess what? That's, that's what's, what's going to go good. through the workforce. Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha. Show up as a leader. Well, I got a couple of questions for you before we wrap up. Yeah. I think that that's actually super helpful for a lot yeah. of business people. Where do you, where do you see Shane in, in five years? What's your five-year vision of yourself? <laughs> Put Oof. you on the spot. I got a yeah. couple hard ones here at the end. Yeah. You know, um, you're going to school right now. I don't know if we, we even touched on that. Yeah. Touched no, on that doing, before this. Yeah. Doing, doing some extra learning here um, on some things. But yeah, you know, I think, I think what, what I see is the fact that I want to continue to grow. And, and when you continue to grow, then you get to have the opportunity to have more impact in different ways, right? So I'm super interested in our business. I think it is fascinating. I mean, I get, sometimes I got to be careful. I get excited about a lot of things, right? Okay. And, uh, you know, my colleagues will give me feedback, say, hey, we love you, do, but like, don't, don't try to take on too much at one time or, you know, oh. those types of things. So it's, and I'm glad I have those people that will be my truth tellers. And, uh, <laughs> so, but it's, um, you know, I think that for me, there's, our business is, um, is, is truly at this inflection point. We've grown to 5,000 people. We haven't met up with that actually as yet. Oh. Does that make sense, yeah. Mark? We're, in some ways, we're still operating as a small company. And so we have to catch up. That is going to take some time. I don't think we're at from a talent management perspective yet. And so that, that to me is, is something that will continue to drive. Um, you, know, we, you know, there's always leadership change. Okay. And so for me, the sense of responsibility to, to continue to grow DigiKey with other leaders to make it a company that when I'm, you know, I'm sitting at the lake and, and, uh, you know, having a cold beer on the dock or something, I can say, you know what, Hey, I, I feel really good. Or I can go home and I feel really good that I helped others, uh, do a great job so that we can continue to grow this company. I mean, when you're working, you know, the thing that's people don't understand about DigiKey, yeah, we have 5,000 employees, but we work with a ton of small suppliers, small manufacturers, Hmm. small companies, that if we don't do our job, they're not doing their thing with their, their. So, so for me, I, I don't get caught up on, you know, Hey, what's the next job or anything like that? Yeah. Cause I think that can be distracting, but, but I'm always going to, I'm going to work hard enough so that if there's opportunities that the company needs me to do, whether mm-hmm. it's a project or pick parts during COVID, I don't care what it is. We're, <laughs> we're going we're to do it. So, yeah. Well, good. I, yeah. uh, I'm sure you got a bright future. So you'll be at DigiKey somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. You put me on that spot. I'm not leaving DigiKey. No, no, no. So it's, uh, <laughs> no, I was just, uh, it's yeah. always, uh, it's a hard question to yeah, answer. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's, and lots of people good. listen. Yeah. I, we just like to know your vision. I look yeah. up to you as a leader. 
uh, you inspire me, what you're doing. Um, even though we look the same age, you're <laughs> a little older, a little wiser, but yeah. um, uh, I, I'm inspired by what, what you have. And I know a lot of people are. Um, there's things I struggle as a leader. Uh, again, when you're, you're talking about moving up as a leader, you're operating as this kind of company when you want to try yeah. to be, you got to bring your leaders up, level up. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, everything's different. It's unknown. It's uncharted territory. We only know what we know. That was, that's what we yeah. always say. Yeah. Um, and not but, everybody likes that transition either. And that's, uh, I know. that's hard for a leader, right? And uh, not everybody likes what we're, not every employee likes what we're trying to do as a company. No. Like, and, 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 and that's fair. And that's, I'm, we're good with that. Um, so there's always opportunities to communicate differently and help them understand our why to grow and well, why are we changing these systems to become more efficient? Yeah. Well, so that we don't have to hire as many people so that we can help support our local region. You know, in Northwest Minnesota, we have Articat, we have Polaris, Marvin windows, we have yeah. Altas, we have, uh, you know, central boiler, we have mat tracks. Those are all great companies. Mm-hmm. We love them all. We, yeah. we want to be a part of a solution I mean, Northwest Minnesota, you just go up the corridor. We have all that industry. It's ridiculous. And, oh. and, and it's, a, it's a pretty entrepreneurial region. And, uh, you know, it's a hidden gem, I think, across the whole United States. We don't feel the economic ups and downs because we, you know, we have this kind of, hey, we're going we're gonna to go beat the world mentality. But um, a lot of great companies in our area. We're pretty proud of that. That's awesome. Um, well, I got one last question for yeah. you, Shane. We'll wrap this up. What does unfollow the herd mean to you? Well, you know, it's funny you ask me that. <laughs> so let me use a context of my youngest son who's 16 and he's, he's playing baseball right now. And, uh, you know, he, he, he plays in some spots where, you you know, things aren't easy all the time. He pitches, right? And, okay. uh, you know, and, and plays shortstop. And, you know, there's no bragging in that. He's just what he does. And so there's pressure in those roles, right? And, you know, so – you know, I, I didn't use unfollow the herd with him, but you know, I said, Gannon, you, you're gonna you're gonna be faced with making choices. I said, so I said, how did how did this go? And less about the the result. It's not about the result, but how did he approach things? Okay, that's to me unfollowing the herd. You can do what every leader does. You can get caught up in making sure you're you're going to the dinners and you're you know you're you're uh, you, know, uh, you know buying all the fancy so do all that kind of stuff. But what do you do? you know? I'm sorry, but it is a lot. Well, a lot of these people. What are you doing in the dark kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you reading? Are you getting up in the morning? Are you doing those things? And and uh, anybody can can uh, you know have a title and you know make some money and and do some of that stuff but unfollowed herd to me means very specifically that if you want to differentiate yourself and your business and for your people then you you're going to have you can't follow the path that most leaders take and and cuz to me everything is too fast and too complex and if you follow herd at some point you are limiting yourself which means you're limiting your business and you're limiting and you're impacting your people. So that's what unfollow the herd means to me. So good, man. I appreciate so, you, Shane. Yeah. That is so, awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can have you back on in like a year or something. I want to follow up with you. Yeah. You're, you're doing big things. You're doing really good. Uh, you're inspiring a lot of people. Uh, tremendous leader. I yeah. Know. Well, I get inspired a lot. So believe me, it's uh, less about me and more about who, uh, you know, keeping my eyes and ears open and what yeah. I see from others. So <laughs> yeah. if that comes back out of me through others, I'm, I'm good with that. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, make sure that you go back and listen to how he examples unfollow the herd. That's worth listening to a few times. So appreciate you, Shane. Yeah. We'll Thanks, see- Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Best we'll- of luck to you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks.